Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark, and this show is here to provide insights, techniques, and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Welcome to Build Better Brands. Today I'm joined by Carol Uri and Carol is a coach and her business is called Mum Warrior Coaching Um, and she's here today to talk to me about uh, building her business and just see how things are going. So Carol, welcome to the show. Hi Danielle, thanks for having me. It's really good to be here. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, One of the reasons I asked you to come on is obviously because you're a business owner, you've built your own business uh, and you've also built your own brand and you also care a lot about the way in which people look after themselves. And one of those things that you do is ultimately you help people to stop drinking. Um, And it's currently sober October as well um and I always hear lots of people saying okay this month I'm gonna I'm gonna not drink for the rest of the month or you know I'm gonna maybe just cut down if I don't think they can quite do it is this a busy challenging time of the year for you yeah definitely I think people just think about the drinking in October and dry January as well so sober October it sort of takes me back to sober October and dry January's in my own journey and how I white knuckled it the whole way through the month. <laughs> <laughs> First of November, just hurry up, please. And ticking off the calendar, thinking, how many more days have I got to go? <laughs> wow. So it was not something you did, but clearly found clearly something you struggled with then. Yeah, and I think a lot of people doing Sober October just want to prove to themselves that they're not, in their head, an alcoholic, which is the word that pops up, which is a a word we don't really use in the coaching space around alcohol freedom. But, I mean, I, I, like many other people, you know, um, Googled, am I an alcoholic, and felt great when I didn't sort of score highly on that but I think people with sober October just want to get through it I'm working currently with a local uh, mental health charity called Mindspace set up by one of our local GPs and I volunteer there and run a sober in fact I run an alcohol-free experiment for a month any time of the year really and um, it's really interesting to hear people's take on white knuckling it and the willpower because from a coach's point of view, from my point of view is, yeah, it's hard. You put yourself through that, but what have you actually learned at the end of it? And I think as a, an alcohol-free coach and the program that I teach is actually looking at why we drink, why we need to drink and all the different scenarios around using alcohol, you know, self-medicating or just want some confidence before they go out or they can't sleep or they're stressed or need to chill um so it's okay sober october yeah white knuckling it that's great and it's fantastic don't get me wrong you're giving your liver um a chance to rejuvenate if you're a daily drinker like i was um your sleep will improve your skin will improve you'll lose your puffiness around your face and your tummy Um, there's lots of benefits to taking a month off. And hopefully when people have taken that month off, they may well think, do you know what? I might do another week or I might do another two weeks. That's fantastic. But my job is to speak to people, understand their alcohol use, why they use their, the drink, like with me, it was at the end of the day to de-stress and um, just to unpick where that started really so yeah sober october is a great a great thing for people but it's just being curious as to being being curious as well danielle is um if you think oh this is going to be awful i'm going to absolutely hate every single day of october guess what you will hate every single day of october very true but if you're curious about it and you think okay i'm going to go for it and i'm going to see what happens and how i feel 
that's that's the positives of it really. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And you said that you hopefully we can talk a bit about this, but that used to be you, you said, drinking every day. Um, is that why the because obviously your business is called Mum Worry Coaching and it's Worry Mum Coaching, um, and the focus is on mums. Is that because of your own experiences then? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of coaches go into coaching because of experiences that they've had and they want to help other people. And that was exactly the same as me. Um, I started drinking like normal drinking late teenage years, or in fact, early teenage years, actually, down at the local disco, which was in the pub. But drinking was just not really a big thing. And I spent 13 years in the army and drinking wasn't really a massive part of my life then. Um, I mean, there's a lot of veterans and a lot of people that use alcohol because, you know, they're away from home a lot of the time and it's quite difficult, you know, and you get bored. A lot of people drink through boredom. Mm. Uh, And I did a post on that not so long ago, actually. Um, But for me, um, drinking became more of a habit over years and the thing is with a habit you then get the tolerance so you need more to get that buzz that you get initially from alcohol Um, and then my son was born in 2001 and I knew there wasn't something quite right and he is on the autistic autistic spectrum and he's got ADHD he's got something called Asperger's syndrome which is like ASD now I think they, they call it but I blame myself for him being the way he was for many, many years. I thought it was something that I'd done. Mm. And um, due to that and just being a young mum, well, a young mum, I was a middle-aged mum, actually. I didn't have my kids till late. But just the holding down a job, running a home, having two kids, negotiating all the stuff that mums have to negotiate through the day, I just couldn't wait to finish reading their stories, get myself downstairs and have a drink. And that was my chill time. And then sadly me and the kid's dad split up when Nathan was seven and Lucy was 14. And my drinking really ramped up. I was drinking at least a bottle of wine a night. And I did that for about a decade, I would say. So yeah, yeah, it was, um, it, and that's why I do what I do because you know what? Um, it just breaks my heart to think of mums struggling out there trying to keep everything together and turning to alcohol and I don't blame them for doing that Um, it is an addictive substance very addictive and once you get into that cycle it's really really hard and they blame themselves I had a load of shame and guilt around it you know I'd wake up the next morning drag myself through the day and I would promise myself that morning that I wouldn't drink but by because I felt so bad and then by the time tea time came or I might take a day off and the following day you're just you're just programmed into it and that's that's the program the night and day program that I run is reprogramming that subconscious thinking around alcohol because it isn't our fault you know society gives us an addictive substance, promotes an addictive substance, puts it all over the place, on the telly, in the supermarkets, and then blames us for becoming addicted. It's crazy, Danielle. It's, you know what, it's so true. It is so true. And I thank you for sharing your story and being so honest. And and I, I, I love your honesty and transparency. Um, and I think it's amazing that you're taking your life experience to now help other people. Um, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast, really, to help people that want to be better versions of themselves, you know, want to improve a certain aspect of their life to hopefully gain the life they want, be it starting, you know, a business. This is what this is about. So sharing these sorts of stories I think it's really important and and really valuable. So thank you. Um, But yeah, there's something you touched on there that really resonated with me when you talked about the fact that alcohol is really promoted 
and it is pushed and it's everywhere. Uh, the way, when you look at the way, for example, cigarettes have now been, you know, you don't see cigarettes advertised on the TV. Um, the packaging's really plain. It's all covered up. You know, they've got those shutters in the shops now, so you can't even see them on sale. That doesn't happen with alcohol, but they are, as you said, they're both addictive substances, but they're treated very differently. Um, and also society, um, there have been evenings where I've not wanted to drink for various reasons, either because I've not fancied it or because I've been driving or maybe I've got something important on the next day and I want to feel fresh. And there's always someone that will question it and kind of be like, oh, what do you mean? You're not drinking, you're not having a drink. So I'd really like to know how you, for someone that drunk a bottle of wine every day for a decade, you said, how did your friends and family react when you decided that you were you, that you were going to stop, I didn't tell him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you why I didn't tell him because I tried that many times and let them down that many times. Well, this is my husband, my current husband. I've been married to. We've been together since oh, I can't remember two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Yeah. Um, but I didn't say because I said to my husband, um. He'll say, well, just because he doesn't have the same pull with alcohol. He likes a glass of wine in the, at the weekends and love a beer in the week, but he's not got the same pull. And he said to me, oh, Carol, just, just don't have it between Monday and then just have a drink on a Friday and a Saturday. And I'm like, is he for real? <laughs> Do you really understand? <laughs> so, so many times I said to him, right. That's it. I'm not doing it anymore. I am yeah. not drinking now until Friday or I'm taking the month off. On, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, right. How many times have I heard that? So I actually, the time it stuck, because I'd tried so many times, the time it stuck, I didn't actually say it. I probably said, oh, I'm having a break or I'm just not feeling up to it. But I didn't make a big thing of it like I'd done before. Which... For me, it was okay. For some people, accountability is really important. And that's, again, something we cover. Um, so telling someone really makes you accountable. But I just decided not to. Um, so I kept it quiet. And okay. I didn't really say anything for ages. He obviously noticed at the weekend when I wasn't drinking, but I still yeah. really didn't say anything. And I was just Googling like mad, um, you know, out, um, like, all these communities um like alcohol free places and sober places and all sorts of places and trying to get like books lots of literature and pdfs and podcasts and doing lots of research as soon as i decided to to quit i didn't think it would be forever oh did you not no no not really and that's that's a scary thing that's Mm. scary for a lot of people a lot of my clients that come to me like really scared because they think it's forever and it doesn't have to be forever I can drink if I want to have a drink I can go upstairs now and grab a beer Clive's got some in the cupboard and I can do that I'm I feel free enough to do that but I don't want to do that because of the reprogramming the the program the 90-day program that I have is very similar to the same 90-day 30-day program start off that I used when I first quit drinking and I just did a month and then I did another month and then I did another month and something happened around the 90 day mark, which is why mine's for 90 days. There was like a switch. Um, and it was through all the reading that I did and all the podcasts that I listened to. I'm a massive geeky science person. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, you know, if I came back in another life, I would be a psychologist or a psychotherapist, which I'm thinking about maybe doing. A okay. Course. Wow. Because I just love the stuff that goes on in your body and your brain when you take on board alcohol. It's amazing. Wow. I, just one thing. I read the one thing that blew me away that really changed for me was a one sentence in the book that I read was that alcohol is a carcinogen. So it's cancer causing. And after some more research, I found out that in 1987, alcohol was classed as a carcinogen, class one carcinogen, and actually derives from ethanol, 
which is what we put on our petrol tanks. That floored me. And I just thought, I want to be around for my kids and my grandkids. And that was a big turning point for me, really, Danielle. I can see why. I didn't know that. I knew that um, alcohol had some, you know, kind of toxins and... But then you see, you see other things in here, other things about certain alcohols, you know, being good for you. Um, there was a lot of branding and advertising, you know, around Guinness, for example. You know, the Guinness giving you strength and giving you energy and being good for you. And that advertising, even though that wasn't, I wasn't around when that was really active, you know, that kind of advertising um, and it being encouraged pregnant women being encouraged to drink Guinness, you know, when they're in hospital and things like that. Um, as a brand, Guinness really pushed that um, in the past. And and I think it's still kind of stuck around in a way that people have this perception that certain types of alcohol, including Guinness, are good for you. So let's bust some myths, you know. It, is, is there any truth in that at all? No. And it's really funny because being from the nursing side, we used to have to, we used to actually prescribe Guinness to people on the wards. So when you push the drug tro- trolley around, there was stout at the bottom of it, and you used to actually give it out on prescription. Wow. And I used to work in a hospice, and we used to use sherry as a, an aperitif because it gets the digestive enzymes going and makes people feel hungry. So yeah, and no, the the myth that alcohol red wine is good for your heart. I only posted about this a couple of days ago is absolutely it's just been debunked completely Mm. because it has I think it's Reservatrol I can't remember the name of it it's got an antioxidant in the grape now there's been some research done and to get the antioxidant antioxidant benefit from red wine have a guess how much you would need to drink um to get the answer so great so I'm thinking Oh, okay. Whatever the equivalent of maybe a punnet of grapes is, I don't know what that is in wine, maybe maybe a bottle. Okay. 500 litres. Okay. <laughs> what, That's a lot of wine, you'd be dead. What a, da- what a day. Yeah. In a day. To get your antioxidant fix. Um, 500 litres of red wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. that That's unbelievable. So why do companies... I mean, it's like, I think I've kind of answered my own question there. Companies yeah. are pushing the health benefits because they want to sell more alcohol. But that's not, that's not health benefit, not if you've got to drink that much. Wow. Okay. It's just not... I mean... There's a ton of tax tied to cigarettes yeah. and, you know, alcohol. And like you said earlier, cigarettes um, are hidden behind a cupboard. Cigarettes now have awful images of lungs and things on them. Um, I'm big into um, Alcohol Change UK is a fantastic charity. And Sober Dave, who's big in the sober space, um, advocates for them a lot. And we're talking about labelling, excuse me, the only label, they have to put in the ingredients. There's certain things, there's about five certain things that by law they have to put on there, which is, I think it's the size of the bottle, the ingredients, if there's anything um, for, you know, allergies. And the only thing they have to put on is Be Drink Aware, which came out recently. So it would be very interesting if they actually put on um pictures of people with throat cancer and mouth cancer and bowel cancer and liver cancer and all these other cancers that alcohol has been proven to actually cause it's like breast cancer if you have three drinks alcoholic drinks in a week you um put your risk up by 15 percent of wow. getting breast cancer 15% by having three drinks a week. It's a week and, and one additional drink increases by another 10%. Wow. See, the drinks industry don't want you to know about all these statistics because they make an absolute shed load of money from it. Yeah. 
Uh, and thankfully, a lot of younger people coming through are not big drinkers. I know my daughter's 27 and she'll go out, I don't know, once every couple of months and she'll probably have one too many. Um, but I find a lot of my clients are sitting around the 40, 50 mark. Um, so we're looking at the sort of yuppie era you probably won't remember like in the 80s and there yeah. were you know the <laughs> opening the champagne and partying and yeah. then obviously you know Spain Ibiza and all the raves and yeah. everything so there's a lot of people that are in their 40s and 50s that alcohol has just been part and parcel of growing up yeah it's it's been a part of people's lives and it's it's a big part of British culture isn't it absolutely going down the pub you know even even when I think about my hockey club for example you know socially going out and drinking it's it's part of playing hockey it it comes alongside it so um you know we've had conversations around actually you know not all of our socials should be and they're not things have changed because we've got a, a lot you know we've got um a lot of younger members which obviously can't drink but back in the day especially the adult hockey it was very very much orchestrated around okay hockey now we're going for drink social drink and and it really is a culture thing so it's I suppose people if that's all people have ever known it's hard to kind of break that um yeah break that habit I suppose yeah yeah it is definitely Mm. there's the thing is with People don't think about choosing an alternative. You're either drinking or you're not drinking. Now, if somebody wants to cut down, I always advise that, yeah, go down the pub, do whatever you want to do, have your alcoholic drink of choice, but then your next one, either have a soft drink or have a non-alcoholic drink and just keep swapping out because... You know, and I know, when you go down the pub, like we used to go down on a Friday and you'd be fine and you'd have your few drinks. And then by about half past nine, 10 o'clock, everybody was glazy eyed, spitting in your face while they were talking, repeating themselves. (laughs) And it's not attractive. (laughs) And I was the worst one, Danielle. My voice used to get louder and louder. And I am such a laid back easygoing kind of girl and oh I used to get obnoxious sometimes I'd be like arguing with people and that is just not me Mm. and then that's not even talking about can't remember to get home uh, how you got home yeah can't remember who you text yeah checking your phone in the morning thinking oh my goodness what did I say to who when what pictures have I posted getting takeaways um eating crap and chocolate watching rubbish, falling asleep on the sofa and then getting up with your makeup half across your face in the morning. It's like, what do you think about it? Um, That was me, you know, that was me. And that's why I do what I do because people get fed up of it. People Mm. just think, right, I'm not going to do it, but you can't willpower your way through, unfortunately. It's just impossible to do that. It might work for three, four, five weeks, but... You need that support. Absolutely need a support. You need someone that's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, that um, can just guide you and re-educate you. Because a lot, we get about 2,000 pieces of the data per second in our heads, and we only retain seven pieces of that. So, you know, if you've been brought up in a family that have been drinkers, subliminally you are looking at alcohol has been quite attractive because if your parents have always had a drink and had fun and games and that's when you interacted most with them and it was really fun um you associate alcohol as as having fun um same as when you go out on a night out like you said with the hockey girls and things um oh do you remember we had a great night last night and she was really funny and that was really funny um half of you you can't there's something that you can actually have a blackout you can be walking talking and doing everything it's called a fragmented blackout and it's when you can't recall anything and that's because alcohol has a massive effect on your memory center in your brain so you know there's a lot of 
I could sit here all day, Daniel, and tell you about all the effects of alcohol. Well, even just even just those, I'm like, I can I can see, I I get it. You know, when you were describing the someone on a night out getting progressively more and more intoxicated, it's never a good look, is it? Um, but you're not that person anymore. You you've completely changed your. Um, like you say, you, you worked in the army, you've worked in nursing, you're now running your own business, um, worry mum coaching. How does this version of yourself compare to who you were, say, I don't know, two years ago? Oh. Unrecognisable, to be fair. I gave up drinking. It'll be my third alcohol-free anniversary at the end of the month. Um, I've, I've got an app. So I know how many days. I'm not a massive day counter now. I think it's really useful for some people in the beginning. But I've saved over £16,000. I've saved over 76 weeks in drinking time, which I would have sat on the sofa drinking. So I've got all that time back. Um, And I am just a completely different person. Uh, I've lost nearly three stone in weight. When I first gave up drinking, I was like a sugar monster. It's like, <laughs> give me sugar now. I was always very proud that I didn't have a sweet tooth. And it was because the blooming wine was obviously satisfying my sweet tooth. Well, if yeah. you'd have seen me when I came off alcohol, it was like anything that was sugar-coated. <laughs> if the kids had been sugar-coated, I'd have eaten the kids. It's like, give me sugar. <laughs> so it took me about a year to get off the sugar train using the same framework and methodology Again, working on my brain and my thought patterns and why I was craving it and what the triggers were. So using exactly the same methodologies I do in my programme. But yeah, um, I'm now vegan, but I became vegan because my, again, that's another thing that affects your cholesterol and your blood pressure, alcohol. My cholesterol was sky high. I was pre-diabetic. So when I... um, I'd been, I was about a year into alcohol, being alcohol free then. And the doctor wanted to put me on statins because my cholesterol was still quite high. Um, so I said, no, I hate taking tablets. So um, I decided to follow a plant-based diet and my, my pre-diabetes has gone and my cholesterol is now normal. So my, That's incredible. Uh, and personal, my personal development is just, I'm just not the same person. I was quite a people pleaser. I was very much a a needed affirmation of being loved by my partner all the time. Um, I needed to be seen to be doing things all the time for people's approval. I would never question anybody about anything. Um, I'm now comfortable in my own skin, Danielle. I am... you know, I'm still polite. I would never say, oh, that's a load of crap. What are you talking? I would never, <laughs> ever do that. Some people do. And that's fine. If that's the way you are, go for it. Mm. Hat off to you. But yeah, I'm, um, I'm just completely transformed. Life on the other side of the bottle. Unless I just wish, and I've said this to my clients, I just wish I could put you in my shoes just for a day at the beginning of the, when they start the program and just let you see what the end goal's like. I mean, all my clients have been successful. They're not drinking still. Wow, you know, that's amazing. Well really, done. Yeah, it really does work. But I just wish I could teleport them into my yeah. brain sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're doing a really good job. Um, one of the things that really struck me, actually, when we met was your logo. Mm. I wanted to talk a bit about that. Um, how did How did you find developing it and also it was the tagline that really caught my eye uh climb to clarity where did the inspiration for that come from um i'd love to tell you a really fantastic <laughs> lovely story around this <laughs> but it was squarespace it was okay. on the head so. oh was it well the climb to clarity actually i came up with but the logo of the mountain yeah. and everything my daughter is in the uh, digital marketing space for work and she was helping me on Squarespace. So the mountain looked really good. And the climb to clarity was really about climbing up from 
the despair often where you are and the misery that mums and, and lots of other people that are using alcohol to self-medicate, just climbing yourself up to the top of the mountain and having that outlook, that clarity, because when you're, you don't have a foggy head, you don't have a hangover, you're not nauseous in your stomach, you've not got low energy anymore, you're not, you know, snappy with the kids and the partner because you're too tired, you're not waking up at three o'clock in the morning anxious because alcohol again um, releases these um, chemicals and that's why you wake up at three or four o'clock in the morning because it's a stimulant and that cortisol and adrenaline kick in yeah. and you lay there worrying yourself silly you know at three four o'clock in the morning so climbing to clarity is all about picking yourself up just seeing yourself down and just giving it one more go and that's all I did was decided to give it one more shot and I know lots of people that have tried hundreds of times to to kick it but I climbed that mountain and the view from there is mind-blowing amazing transformational yeah I, I, I can hear I can hear the the passion in your voice and you really have been on a journey um that's why I'm called warrior mum yes that somebody gave me that one of my cohort in my coaching gave me that name so we're all like oh brainstorming what can we call ourselves what can we call ourselves and because I'd been through what I'd been through with my marriage breaking down I left the family home I didn't have anywhere to live I didn't have a full-time job I was very part-time two kids and basically within four months someone put me up for four months and I'd got myself a full-time job I'd secured myself a rental property the village I live in actually furnished that for me um oh, wow. I used to be a landlady you see ah. surprise surprise <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> and um I, I lived in the pub above where I used to work uh, I wasn't a landlady there anymore I'd left but my friend was still running the pub um and yeah, that's where I worry. So that that had happened, and then I got a full time job, um, and just two years of being a single mum on my own, the kids between me and their dad, and uh, divorce is not a a good thing to go through. It was a tough, tough time, and then mental health issues. I, I married my husband, that I'm uh, Clive, and my um, aunt. My dad had died. I'd never really grieved for my dad. Then my two aunts died. And I had a couple of really dark, dark episodes mm. of depression. Um, but boing, yeah. bounce back. And that's what mums do. They yeah. just bounce back, you know, like rubber Amazing. balls. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your business. How long have, how long have you been running Warrior Mum Coaching now? Um, I launched in January this year, so it's okay. not quite a year, so it's yeah. fairly new. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's what I was born to do. My yeah. vocation in life has always been helping people, and that's just what I was put on this earth to do, I believe. Um, so, yeah, um, business is going well. There's lots of – we. in fact, the reason we met was because of podcasting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Robin Moore's podcast challenge and um, podcasting is something that I'm going to be doing. It's probably going to be the beginning of next year. So that is another arm to my, um, or another string to my bow, I suppose. But yeah, business is going really well. Uh, And I'm making, yeah, just making, making great strides and affecting really people. I've got massive big dreams. I've got there's a, a derelict property in my village up in South Yorkshire. I'm from a place called Grimethorpe near between Barnsley and Doncaster. And that building, that derelict building's been there for must be 60, 70 years, not nothing bring bricked up. And I do you know what? I would love to um turn that into um a refuge and a place for people that have got any addiction, which is what I intend to do eventually is just is to move out into um, sugar addiction and gambling addiction and any any addiction really and work with people. So that's my m- 
big dream. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing that you've got, although you've been through some tough times and you've you've got real life experience, it's amazing that you've ta- you're taking that and you're really using it to to change and, like you say, help people. Yeah, yeah. I think um, a lot of people don't realise that alcohol is the issue, Danielle. A lot of people probably look at other things and alcohol is the last thing they look at. But when you really do address your relationship with alcohol um, and do try to take a break, and that's why it's great. I mean, I'm, I'll not be everybody's flavour, you know, for coaching, but there's so many alcohol-free coaches out there now because it's what people want. People are sick and tired of being sick and tired, to be honest, and being on the treadmill and the merry-go-round, hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there's there's lots of opportunities and loads of quitlet, as we call it out there, loads of books and podcasts that people can listen to. So what are you reading now? Anything in particular? Uh, I've got about six books on the go. You sound a bit like me. <laughs> I try every day. I get up in the morning. I have a routine. I have a, I'm, I'm a woman of faith. I've got a, a, a deep Christian faith. I always spend, my first time is with God, so I have about, well, it doesn't really matter. I have half an hour or so, it can be an hour. I have my pot of tea in the morning, I do my reading, and then I go on my social media and I um, I just message people who've liked posts or commented on posts and connect with people. Um, and uh, I don't know where I was going with this now. I, I asked you about books. Oh, <laughs> That's it. And then I try in the daytime on my schedule is to fit in a chapter. Now, I've just bought a book. Um, it's just come and it's about branding. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Someone recommended it to me. And I meant to bring it down with me to the office so I could tell you what it was like. It's got a big red megaphone thing on the front of it. Uh, and it's all about branding um okay yeah big red megaphone yeah is it by any chance have you got it there it's I'm very well if, i'm wondering if i have bear with me okay so after, after that long pause i'm hoping it is this book is it this one yes building the story brand <laughs> that's exactly it came yesterday yeah yes so, so many people have told me about that yeah it's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's uh, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And it's, you know, it's a New York Times bestseller. Um, and yeah, I, I highly recommend it to lots of people. And yeah, it ultimately uses the seven, it talks about seven elements of great storytelling to kind of get your message out into the world and grow your business. Um, I refer back to it all the time and I've used the Story Brand Framework Um yeah, brilliant book. You'll you'll do well reading that, Carol. Thank you. That's good <laughs> from a branding expert. Yes, yes, highly highly recommended. Um, and yeah, it's what I like about this book as well. Is it it talks? There's no jargon. There's no unnecessary language in there to confuse you. Like they're literally, as it says on the front, clarify your message so customers will listen. The clarity in this book, the way it's written, it's so clear. Um, and it, it also offers, you know, specific details that are really useful um, and help you change the way that you ultimately talk to your audience. Um, mm, often, I like the diagrams. The diagrams yeah. are really good. I'm a visual person, so... Yeah, no, it's really good because often sometimes it's really, for us, we can think it's really obvious what we do and how we can help people. But to others, it's not always obvious and we have to be really, really clear about what that is so that we can attract those people and ultimately help them. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the importance of niching, really. There's a lot of people go into business and like have such a broad spectrum of of, uh, an audience and that's what we were taught in our marketing side of our coaching was um, to niche down. Well, it was really easy for me because I actually went into coaching specifically to work with mums. Mm-hmm. I'll not always work with mums. I will broaden my horizon, um, you know, eventually. But, yeah, niching is quite important, really, isn't it? 
yeah, definitely. I think um, I remember talking to people after, you know, I've spoken to clients previously and I've said, well, who is it? Who is your actual ideal customer? You know, who is it that you really want to help? Who do you want to connect with? And they're like, well, everybody, because I don't know, everybody's got a car and and you know maybe they're trying to encourage people to drive cars that are more environmentally friendly it's like well you know talking to everyone that's got a car it's pretty broad and it's really hard then to capture people's attention so you just got to keep thinking okay well is it people that drive particular cars is it people that drive diesels or is it a, a particular area or age group you know and that's when when you start to niche down more and more and more and kind of build your avatar that you'll then it will be so much easier to clarify your messaging because you'll know exactly who it is you're talking to so awesome I'm really excited that you're reading that you'll have to let me know how you get on I will I definitely will well it's got to take turn to about another four books so you've got a few more maybe a different a different book each day and a new chapter and in and eventually you'll get through it um yeah I think it's self-developing is um personal growth you just never stop learning till the day you die do you yeah, yeah. you're always learning always. yeah yeah so talking of learning what what are the what are the learnings the things that you've learned that you're taking into the rest of the year and next year obviously you talked about the podcast how are you working towards um building a better brand and and putting your brand out into the world and um, well I'm looking at my logo interestingly after talking about climbing to clarity because yeah. I'm looking at my podcast I'm thinking about merging logos so I've got a friend my um, yoga teacher's uh, partner is a graphics designer so I've been told by several pers- personal branding people that the mountain doesn't say what it does on the tin. So I'm like, right, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm open to that. You know, I'm open to to learning. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's coming up with more of a a different, a very simple logo. Um, and the podcast will be called Kicking Habits because I want it to be generic, because I want that to follow me through into my um, coaching space where it's much broader and much wider, like I was saying about people coming off sugar, cigarettes, gambling, all sorts of things. Um, So I just see I'm going to get good at the one thing that I'm doing, which is my 90-day program. I don't want to – I'm doing one-on-one coaching at the minute, but I'm not going to be doing that for too long, I don't think. Um, I want to make more of an impact on groups, which will probably be happening next year. Exciting. So that's that's where I'll move into. I'm getting the experience from volunteering at the mental health charity. Uh, you know, it's very different negotiating and, and having um, discussions in a group session rather than on a one-to-one. It's that easy. But in groups, it's quite different. So I'll definitely be moving more into groups uh, definitely into the podcasting, um, looking at putting some videos. My clients at the minute get a video and an email from me daily around a subject, and it's all about mindset generally. And um, I'll be looking to probably do some off- online courses that people, without my um, input, unless they want to have a one-on-one, which if I'm available, you know, fine. So I've got lots of things. I think yeah. as business people and entrepreneurs, we, we're always looking at, for me, it's making impact. For me, it's wanting everybody to know um, about alcohol. I'm not a Bible bashing. I used to be a Bible basher when I was in my 20s, you know. I was. <laughs> no longer. <laughs> I don't want to be an alcohol Bible basher. So, you know, people, it's really strange, Danielle, because when you say, people say, oh, Carol, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm an alcohol-free coach. And immediately they're like, oh, well, I don't drink much. And I only have a drink on a a Friday. And no, no, really, but I know someone that's an alcoholic. (laughs) And it's really interesting because they get all guarded because they think I'm going to judge them. And Mm. the thing is, I don't, 
there's no judgment because I've been there and I know exactly what it's like. I know what the shame and the blame and the hitting yourself over the head saying, you stupid person, why did you do it again? So I just find it a real giggle that they have to um, prove to me that they don't have an issue with drinking. Well, it doesn't really matter to me whether they do or not. I'm not going to judge them for that, you know? Yeah. And that's how my clients come to me. They've, you know, they're scared. And I think a lot of clients are put off by making that first step because Danielle, that first step, moving towards someone like me, knowing um, it's a scary place because it's, it's admitting that you think you have an issue with alcohol. And for someone to admit that is massive, absolutely massive. And that's what stops a lot of people. Um, and there's no shame in that. It's an addictive substance, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not your fault. It's the substance's fault. Mm. It's the only drug that we have to explain not using, like you said, when people say to you, you're not drinking. I think you've got two heads. And it's the it's like somebody coming up to you and saying, Danielle, why aren't you smoking? Oh, come on, have another fag. Go mm. on, you know you want one. It's like my son when he was 18, I went to, I took him down the local pub and they're all banging on the table, get him a drink, get him a drink. It doesn't touch alcohol. No. And he felt under real pressure. And I said, darling, you don't want a drink. You don't have to have a drink. Well, yeah. what would you suggest, Mum? I says, I'm not suggesting anything. So he went and he got half a pint of cider. And he'd only got halfway down it. And he was slurring his words. Say. Because he just he's just not used to alcohol. Yeah. And that's the pressure that you get. But yeah, again, good, you know, I teach you all those things about scenarios um what to say when people give you a dig in the ribs I used to I tell my clients to say you know you're up early in the morning if you're up early in the morning for work you're up early in the morning for work if you're on medication you're on medication if you're on a health kick you're on a health kick you know don't be frightened of saying no because if they're your friends they'll take no as a no and if they're digging you in the ribs and giving you a hard time then maybe you need to find some new friends yes I think that's really important and I think giving people things that they can say options to maybe just help to get them out of that scenario excuse me is is really good um but yeah thank you so much for coming on today I I've learned a lot about alcohol that I didn't know and I think it's amazing you've taken and not, you know, not one of the best periods of your life, but you've, you've, through your mindset, you're now using experience to help people. Um, and, you know, what, what better way to kind of take that and make use of it? Mm. I mean, I'd like to give your listeners a, a title of a book called Alcohol Explained by William Porter. Um and it's, it is what it says, alcohol explained, and it talks about um, sleep and your health. And it's not so much scientific as such, but it just actually gives you some insight in, as to why you behave like you behave. So I would definitely recommend that book. And just for your listeners that are struggling, um, there's lots of podcasts and things out there. This Naked Mind, Annie Grace, um, was where I started my journey. And her This Naked Mind book is fabulous and that's where I learned about it being a carcinogen and um, yeah uh, and it just talks about her journey but there's so much help out there there's lots of traditional routes like the 12 steps and that works fantastically for some people not for others there's rehab you know there's smart there's lots of different uh, locally we've got something called horizons but the more pathways there are for people to get help and we, um, on my program, we take a, a bit of a scientific twist um, because it takes your desire away from alcohol. I mean, there's some people that have been alcohol free for like 10 years, but completely avoid social situations in fear of being triggered and having a drink. Wow. I've, I've got absolutely no desire whatsoever because I've rewired my thoughts around drinking so I would encourage your listeners to go out there and find something 
um, that fits fits with them and be brave. Just take it. Yeah. No, thank you. So if people want to reach out to you after hearing all that, after hearing all that amazing advice, where can they find you, Carol? Um, I'm on all the platforms. So they can find me under Warrior Mum Coaching. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn under my name, which is Carol Uri, and that's U-R-R-Y. And I'm also on Instagram as Carol Uri and Facebook as Carol Uri. Well, thank you for those. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I look forward to seeing your journeys, your business and brand grows. I look forward to the podcast. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be good and you're going to continue to help lots more people. Thanks, Danielle, there was one thing I'd nearly forgotten. I've put a free gift on my website, actually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's a free guide for anybody that's listening. If they go to warriormumcoaching.com uh, and click on um, the free guide, um, there's some tips and useful information there to help them with their journey. Well, thank you very much for that free gift. Thank you for including that. No problem. And yeah, speak to you soon. Take care, Danielle. Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. We want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a shout out. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Bye.